Hey there, everybody. This is another episode of the Author Revolution podcast, and I am your host, international best-selling indie author, Carissa Andrews. Well, here we are, the official first week of distance learning for our kids, and already I'm about to lose my ever-loving mind. <laughs> That's coming from the parent who was not in charge of helping the kids with school. Oh no, I am the work-at-home parent, and my husband Colin is the one managing the two kids who are home right now with school, but oh, I'll tell you, it was enough. Yesterday was the first day to make my brain hurt, literally. <laughs> By the end of the day, I had to lie down with a massive tension headache. I felt like it was a migraine to me, but Colin, who actually does suffer from migraine, said that unless I was willing to stab myself with a sumatriptan injection, it wasn't a migraine. So, okay, fair enough. It was a tension headache. <laughs> I am not typically prone to tension headaches just from having kids home, but there was a lot of noise coming out of the five-year-old, and I was just really having a hard time tuning him out, I guess. It was just nonstop all day long from the moment he woke up. Plus, it was a day full of going back and forth with about 12 different people, so I was multitasking like a lunatic. So needless to say, my own writing yesterday did not make it, and I only got 174 or 176 words down. I don't know. It was in the 70s of some sort, <laughs> and that's it. That was all I got. So it kind of makes me grumpy when I don't get to my own writing. So here's hoping today is better. It's very early in the morning, and I'm hoping that I can get this podcast done early enough so that the five-year-old doesn't hear me and we can move on with the day. All right, so today we're here to talk about when to cut one book loose and start on the next one when you're in a rapid release scenario. I know for some of you who may only have a couple of books under your belt, the idea of starting a second book, let alone another book after that, seems a little bit out there, especially if this first one took you a little bit of time. But if you've been doing this for a while, like I have, or maybe you are doing this in the hopes that you can get faster and maybe you've only done it for a year, whatever, maybe the idea isn't that far-fetched, but you just want a better idea of when to start the next one rolling. First things first, it really does come down to the rapid release style you choose to go with. So if you're not sure about that, I encourage you to do one of two things. So first, head over to podcast episode number six because in it, I go into detail on the different types of rapid releasing styles. You can find that by heading over to authorrevolution.org forward slash six. And then next, I want you to check out the ribbon at the top of that same page and click on the take quiz button. It will give you a little bit more details about which rapid releasing style is jiving with you right now based on the way you answer the questions. So for the sake of this podcast, I'm going to assume that you'll either want to do one of two things when it comes to releasing. Release a book a month in continuum, or rapid release a finite number of books in a series, like I'm doing this year with the Windhaven Witches. All of the other styles will really fit around these two types, but it's up to you on how you're going to go about doing this. Let's actually start with the finite number of books in a series, since that's what I'm doing right now, and I literally just swapped from working on Secret Legacy which was book one in the Windhaven Witches series, to Soul Legacy, which is now book two. Now for me, because I believe in manifesting stories in a combination of planning and pantsing, I have already worked hard at developing the storyline for the series in advance. Does it mean that it's always perfect and that it never changes? No, of course not. The outline is there as a guide, and then when stuff shifts around, if I get better ideas in the middle of writing, then I tweak it. 
So for this series, I did both a skeletal outline and a more detailed chapter-by-chapter outline before I ever sat down to write in the books at all. So because of this, it's very easy for me to know when one book is done because I've planned the whole thing out. I write sequentially, so I go from chapter one all the way through to chapter 30, uh, very typically anyways, without much bouncing around. So when I get finished with chapter 30, I typically won't go back and look at it again unless there's something I know for a fact that I want to fix. Because even when I'm in the middle of things, if it's not crucial that I go back and fix it right then, I put it on a list and I go back and do it after the fact, once the whole story is done. So then I run the files so that I can send them to my ARC team, and I move on to the next book right then and there. So as that book that I just finished goes to my alpha and beta readers, I'm over here working on book two because I don't typically take a long break between those books. If I do, there's a very good chance that I will lose part of that overarching theme and I don't want to lose track. So I will go from one book straight to the next. If there is a break that comes up between them, you can do that. I mean, it's not a huge deal, but it might require you having to kind of go back and reread some of the work that you did in the book previous to it if they're all linked together. I do keep my eye on the calendar. That way, if I know that the book is going to be due to the editor at a certain point in time, I make sure that I am finished with the story well in advance of that, and hopefully with enough time to go to the ARC teams a couple of weeks at least before it goes to the editor, but if not, it's not a huge deal. I'll just start combining all of the feedback that I get from them all together once it starts coming at me. So for example, when I sent Secret Legacy to the ARC teams, I also sent it at the same time to my editor. But with the next three books, they will all be done earlier than they're going to be going to the editor. So the advanced reader teams, both alpha and beta readers, are going to have the next books in the series months in advance. What matters really is that they get to look at it because we're all human, even us authors, and having more sets of eyes on the book will help tremendously, not only with finding those weird little miscellaneous straggling issues with the type or the grammar or anything like that, but it also helps you with storyline because sometimes there are issues that'll pop up or really cool ideas that a reader was having. And you're like, oh, that would have been awesome to put in there. Yeah, you're right. It might be worthy of getting it to them first because they are readers after all. So getting their ideas is really helpful and you might want to incorporate it before you send it over to the editor. Sometimes when you're new to writing, we hold on to this first draft, not wanting others to look at it until it meets our idea of perfection. And I think sometimes it's about not wanting to be judged. And I get that. I did the same thing. I think with Pandamus, I probably did the first three chapters by myself. And then I I quickly realized that I do it much better, at least in that first couple of books, when I give the chapters over chapter by chapter. So I ended up having my best friend, Sherry, as my beta reader extraordinaire. And so she is the person who would encourage me. And she was the one that talked to me very early on the beginning and encouraged me to become a writer in the first place. So she would take a look at chapters and we'd go back and forth chapter by chapter. And she'd give me her ideas and tell me things that were working for her, things that weren't working for her. And I would make tweaks based off of that. And so it worked out really well. But I have to say, she is a very linear thinker. And so it was a struggle for her as my reader to go back and reread everything and not have to think about what was before. So she is someone who I have read all of my books now, but from start to finish rather than doing chapter by chapter, because thankfully, (laughs) I have gotten my writer's sea legs 
and the majority of the crazy things that come from writing now are all 100% myself. Although I do send chapters sometimes to Jenny as well. So my awesome BFF slash PA Jenny, she'll get chapters. She's one of my super beta readers right now of the Secret Legacy and Soul Legacy books. So Windhaven Witches. And um, so that's helpful too, but she doesn't usually send anything back other than that was so good, send me more chapters. So (laughs) that's bonus. Here's the thing though, when you wait with your first draft, that will only accomplish a couple of things. Number one, it'll either make you freeze and do nothing, or it gives you permission to sit and work on it continuously forever and ever and ever, and never getting it out into the world. Neither of which are beneficial to you or to your book. So as authors, we have to realize that our creations live outside of ourselves at some point. They're, I think it was Joss Whedon who said they're like children. It's like they, they grow up and then they start talking back to you. I love that. I think it's just fabulous. Now, we all have to be willing to let go of them and allow other people to embrace the worlds that we've written and fill us in on things that we may have missed or let us know how the stories touch them in a way that maybe we didn't even anticipate or try to let them sense the story about. So I've gotten some of the best story ideas when I've had a brainstorm session with my beta readers. And you know what? My books end up better for it. So thank you, Colin, Sherry, and Jenny. (laughs) That's very, very helpful. And I really appreciate all of the time. And it's still also fun to brainstorm your characters with someone else. And so I highly encourage being able to open up your stories to advanced readers because they are there to help you make your story better. And it's very much a part of the process as you get going and want to do this faster. So the moral of this part of the story is really to make sure that you put together a solid ARC team, advanced reader team, who can read your books as you're writing them and before you hit publish, ideally anyway. Then when the books are in their hands, you move on to the next one. Make sense? Now, if you plan to work your way up to rapid releasing a book a month, not only do I commend you for this endeavor, but I also highly encourage you to think about how far in advance of yourself can you get in order to feel comfortable. Ideally, you want to have written six, maybe 12 books in advance of your publishing that very first one. That way, you're always months ahead of your current release. I mean, come on, life happens, guys. Look at the whole quarantine situation that we're finding ourselves in right now. In February, I doubt many of us could have foreseen ourselves working from home, having to homeschool our kids and stay like locked up in our houses away from people. I mean, (laughs) just it's the craziest things that can happen. Yet, here's where we've landed. But even so, other life events can come between you and your writing, just like my kids and the bazillion work-related tasks that I had yesterday. I got 176 words, 74, I don't know, whatever, on the page and not the 1700 I planned. Will it set me back? Sure will. Will it derail me? No, it won't. And that's because I've built in time ahead of myself. Secret Legacy isn't launching until September, and it's already back from the editor. In March. Soul Legacy will be done in the end of April, and it launches in October. Do you see what I'm saying? So in case you're curious, when you have a finite series and it only has a couple of titles, this tip works just fine for you as well. But for those of you who are trying to do a never-ending story that launches monthly, giving yourself that 6 to 12-month launch runway, while it might suck as you're writing them and waiting to be able to release them, because yeah, it could take the six months to a year if you are writing all of those books monthly. 
but it will be a lifesaver when you finally get that train moving along. Could you go ahead and just write a book and drop it and write a book and drop it? Sure you could, absolutely. But you know what's going to happen? That vacation that your husband wants you to take or the uh, crazy book signing down in Texas or St. Louis or wherever that you want to go to, those will pop up and you're not going to be able to write for those days. And now all of a sudden your schedule is completely off kilter. Where if you have those books out in front of you first, you can breathe that sigh of relief. You can take a day off without feeling like you are uh, a frazzled ball of nerves because that's not what this is about. Writing is supposed to be fun, guys, and publishing is supposed to be fun. So you don't want to get to the point where you are just like completely insane because you're trying to, to match the schedule that goes out monthly and you're not quite making it. The other thing I do want you to think about too, and I haven't really mentioned it a whole lot, but it's something that I'm actually working on inside Rapid Release Roadmap right now. If you're getting to the point where maybe you don't want to have that whole big long runway, maybe it's not six months, maybe you're only three months, but you want to get faster, maybe it's time to start incorporating a co-author. So there are a lot of authors out there who are getting faster at writing because they're bringing someone else on board and they are co-authoring their books. And how that looks to you can be vastly different, but it's just something to put in the back of your head. I'll probably be doing a podcast episode on how that works down the line. So just keep it in the back of your mind because maybe that's another way of being able to rapid release your novels more quickly if for some reason you're finding that writing fast is not your thing just yet. The biggest thing I really want you to take away from this episode is that when you're rapid releasing, you'll always know when it's time to work on the next book because you'll be planning for it. So as soon as you're sending the one you're on to your advanced reader teams, it's time to start working on book two or book three or whatever one you're going on to. The game changes when you're no longer striving for perfection, but instead taking imperfect action. All too often when we get started out, we have this idea that our books have to be perfect or they can't go out into the world, like I said a little bit earlier. And I felt that way for sure. It's why I hired two different editors for Pendamus. And you know what? It still went out with mistakes. But that didn't detract from the story. Did I get some reviews mentioning the mistakes? Sure. Did some of them dock stars because of it? Again, sure. But when you write a good book and they can overlook those mistakes, most of them will still give you a three or four star. Pendamus has a 4.3 star rating on Amazon, which is my lowest rating, I might add. But it was, like I said, my first book baby. It was also my first audio book baby. So the poor thing can't catch a break in being done to the same level as my newer books. But you know what? It existed to blaze the trail for the ones that came next. That was its job and the goal that you're also striving for. So I have a couple of things that I want to mention real quickly before we end this episode, but the first one being that there are two really cool things that are coming out right now. So if you are on my email list, be watching for them. Number one, the Story Cure has finally launched, and I'm very happy to say that it's out and available into the world for $27. So if you are working on your story arc and you're trying to figure out what's missing or why it's not jiving right or wondering what type of story you have in general, I encourage you to go over to authorrevolution.org and take a look around for the story cure because, in fact, I'll just link to the show notes 
for today. So that way you are able to see it. But it's a, a really fun assessment. It includes a PDF blueprint for what the story archetypes are. It includes the assessment where you answer a whole bunch of questions to be able to figure out what kind of story you either are writing right now or are wanting to write. And then it gives you the download for the checklist of all the things that you should have in all three acts of your story. But I also give you a Trello board in order to be able to outline using the three-act system that is in that whole thing. So it's very awesome. But the second thing is, I am opening up the doors to rapid release roadmap early in a beta test for anybody who is looking to get in on the ground level of rapid release roadmap as I'm working on it. So right now I have the first module completely done, other than having to put the videos in there once my house is not as crazy as it is. But uh, I'm working on module two, which will be launching this week. So it's going to be continuing on like that. So what I've done is I've opened the doors to anyone who's already on my list for uh, Rapid Release Roadmap. And it is $97 right now. And I will tell you that this is the one and only time it will ever be $97 because as it continues to grow and I'm able to get more of the modules finished, it will be the price will be going up. So I highly encourage you that if Rapid Release Roadmap sounds like the course that might help you in order to gain the momentum you need to do rapid releasing for yourself, I very much encourage you to get in on it now before it goes up. Plus, you have the really added bonus of being able to put in your really cool ideas and let me know if I'm missing any of the tasks or any of the questions that you have as you're going through this. All right, so next week, I want to talk about making bold moves and in specific, how to take that imperfect action. One of my amazing clients right now just launched her first book and did this so beautifully, and I wanted to share some of her story with you. So if you're wondering what imperfect action looks like, stick around because you're going to love that part of the episode. Now, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, I would love it if you would do so today. Every week, I strive to bring you valuable, actionable tips that you can take into your author career, and I don't want you to miss a single one. Now, if you are looking for any of the information that we talked about today, past episodes or anything like that, no worries, I've got you covered. Head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash 23. Well, that's a wrap on this week's podcast episode, guys. I hope you have a terrific week ahead. Stay safe, stay home, but get outside and enjoy some of that fresh air. Yes, even authors need some too. All right, go forth and be awesome. This podcast episode has been brought to you by four amazing people, Daphne Garrison, Tammy Tyree, Quinn Ward, and Scarlett Braden, who are Author Revolution Podcast Patreon supporters. If you'd like to learn more about becoming a patron, head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash Patreon to find out what the awesome membership levels are and what you end up getting. The Author Revolution Podcast is here to provide tips, tricks, and tools for embracing a prolific author mindset and making your dreams of becoming a full-time author a reality. In order to continue providing the quality content you've come to know and love, I would appreciate your support. As a one-woman show, the podcast takes a lot of time away from other tasks like writing. <laughs> Plus, your support also makes this mompreneur's heart smile. Head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash Patreon.